Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntechSportsFan.com. Oh, it is uh, the Mosley Show. Cam Stewart, Aaron Sexton here. And, um, well, Kevin Reynolds, he's a busy man. He's out there. He comes sometimes. He, he went to SMU, but now he's out covering BYU, covers Utah's um, and the Baylor Bears come to town tonight. Kevin, uh, hope things are going well, and I hope the crowd is getting excited on seeing a national championship caliber type team as they get ready to come into the uh, the Marriott Center. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. Um, I, I think it should be a good atmosphere tonight. Um, this is this kind of starts a gauntlet for BYU, uh, but this is the one at home where uh, Baylor and then they're going to go on the road and play Kansas and Iowa State uh, in the last kind of couple weeks of the season. So um, this should be the start of, of a really, really difficult stretch uh, for BYU. Okay, so BYU, a little bit on the bubble, although, you know, they've been ranked a lot of the season. I think they're in, certainly right now. I mean, I think I even saw where you had them as a 5-9 to nine seed. I'm sure Lenardi does too. But in this conference, you can play your way in. But, boy, if you get on a bad slide, I guess you could end up playing your way out. I've seen it happen. What, um, Kevin, what was the reaction to Oklahoma State is not very good? And, and yet they, at times, will play you tough. And, and they took Baylor to overtime. What was uh, – what happened in that game, and 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 what did what do you think BYU's takeaway? I, I would think they're going to come out with a completely different attitude and mindset tonight. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things there. For one, I think against Oklahoma State defensively, a lot of the problems that BYU's had uh, kind of uh, came up yet again. And I think the weakness for this team, um, and it has been since kind of it was constructed, this roster was constructed in the summer was going to be defensively and keeping up with the athleticism and speed in the Big 12. And that's kind of why they went all in on, on you know, shooting 35 threes a game and, and, and shooting, I think, almost uh, more threes than twos on the year. At least they're on pace to do that. Um, so that's why they did that, to kind of mask some of the deficiencies that this roster had um, on the defensive end. And against Oklahoma State, I think, and really you could, you could go back to UCF too, where – they gave up 88 points uh, to a team that, uh, you know, again, I don't think UCF is the the best team in the Big 12 either, right? So I think that's kind of the, the issue right now. And then Baylor's going to be no easy task. And I think to your point or a little bit earlier, yeah, you can play your way in, but you could also play out uh, of, the, of the NCAA tournament. And I think that's got to be the biggest concern because this schedule is so difficult down the stretch uh, for BYU, um, Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State. Um, Kansas State's not an easy, easy one. And then Oklahoma State again. Like you'd think that's a win. Um, and even TCU uh, is is a difficult game, or it can be a difficult game. So for, I think BYU is in the tor- tournament right now, uh, at five to nine seed. Like we kind of wrote a little bit earlier today. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like things could get definitely tight down the stretch if they're if they're losing four or five games to finish out the regular season, and then who knows what happens in Kansas City. Hey, Kevin, you were talking about that. You were pretty much dead on with that three-point usage rate anyway. They're about 50.4%, which is uh, top four 
uh, I think it's number four, in the whole country in terms of the amount of threes that they shoot. And you talk about it covering up some deficiencies for them this year. We saw that a little bit with Baylor last year. So is the high-volume three-point shooting a real Mark Pope staple, or is that something that we might see changed last year, or next year with some different faces on the team? You know, I think it's interesting because it, it wasn't, I don't think. You know, it wasn't how Mark Pope came in and kind of established his, his program when he got to BYU. It changed last year, the last year of the WCC, um, just because I think he knew, you know, he had come, come up short against Gonzaga and kind of, had, I feel like hit a ceiling in terms of Ken Palm and the net and some of these other rankings, just because they were a half court team. They were really relying on, you know, really good guard play from Alex Barcelo and uh, down the stretch um, of the WCC years. And so I think they changed it. They changed everything really in the program in 2023 and said, they're going to go all in on this three point shooting, um, you know, and it, and, and Mark Pope talks about a lot of, a lot in, in uh, after games and throughout the weeks of just how they are trying to, to kind of stretch the limits. You, you look at a lot of teams and you think 35 three-pointers a game is not where you want to live, even for a high-volume three-point shooting team. And I think one of the ways that they really want to to kind of stretch the limits of how, how many wins they can get in the Big 12 is by being really hyperbolic a lot of the time with the with the style of play. And so – Maybe it changes a little bit. Maybe you don't have to be as reliant on it as, as they recruit better and and uh, are in the Big 12 a little bit longer. But for now, for the time being, I do see this as, as what BYU is going to be known for in the Big 12. Cam, you're very hyperbolic, like in print and on be, air. Yeah. So I kind of like it. I like <laughs> applying that <laughs> to basketball. Um, Kevin, how which of those big men does the team seem to, from an analytics standpoint, who do they function best with? Because the one guy that doesn't score that much is a is a really good passer, a big big man. And then you you'll know his name better than I do, Triore or or whatever. Like that guy actually has some post moves and is quite a presence down low. It's kind of interesting because it, it's almost like they're two different teams in a sense when they go to some of those different big men. Uh, in in recent weeks, who do they seem to function best with? It's, uh, it's, you're right. It's kind of two different teams. When you have Ali Khalifa out there, um, who is more of the passing big man that you were talking about, um, you kind of, BYU can kind of go into a five out offense and, you know, the spacing is a little bit better. I would say you kind of get some of these back cuts from, from Jackson Robinson and just, you know, generate some easy baskets at the rim a, a little bit, um, and, and maybe create some, some easier threes or, or just pretty good looks um, for guys like Trevin Nell and uh, different shooters that BYU has. But so I think it's a different offense though. When Pusch Traore is in there, um, mm. he, he is a, uh, you know, a really effective and has been a pretty effective post score for them. Uh, gives them some, a little bit of an inside presence. He's a pretty good defender too. And I think, so it's kind of been mixing and matching of, of these two different styles when they need it and when they want to use it. I think Pusch Traore, since he's, been off of an injury has been has been pretty effective in, in Big 12 play, um, but the thing I think that BYU is eventually going to have to get to, or at least to some sort of comfort level to, is playing both of them at the same time because that hasn't really happened. Mark Pope um, kind of experimented with it a little bit early in the year, not not very much. Um, then some injuries kind of happened, and now it's like oh, 
you're you're in February now and you haven't really figured out how to play these guys at the same time. Um, I'm not really sure how that would look just because we haven't seen it. Um, but, you know, I think finding a way to merge those two styles or even get a third style of this BYU offense would be effective, particularly with how teams have been guarding them um, and guarding, you know, Dallin Hall, their their point guard. Um, I think it would give them a little bit of an extra extra look to give defenses, uh, which they might need here as they, they hit the last part of this regular season and see teams for a second time, you know, Baylor for a second time mm-hmm. tonight. Yeah, and Kevin, this is this is Baylor's first first second look at a BYU or excuse me, a Big Twelve team this year and it being BYU. And we've seen the records of these teams in the Big Twelve and what happens to them when they go on the road. Like it, it there's just almost no rhyme or reason to it other than it's a tough place to play. So looking at BYU and the Marriott Center, what is that environment going to be like tonight? All the buildings are loud, but this is loud with twice the capacity of most of the other ones. Have you seen teams struggle with that and the altitude in their first trip to Provo? You know, it's kind of interesting because I feel like some people you talk to, it definitely, uh, they definitely think it affects, you know, the altitude in particular, that part, they, they definitely think it affects things. And then, you know, Kansas State, Jerome Tang came in, uh, to Provo and said, I think before that week, he wasn't worried about it at all because the team was going to be there less than 24 hours. And so, um, you know, I, I think, it, I think it really depends on who you talk to. I think the environment is different, but you know, Hey, I was at Baylor. Um, I thought it was a really great environment. I thought it was really loud. I know there was a column, I think, <laughs> um, I think there was a column written that maybe it was too loud in there. Uh, with some, is that right? Did I get that right? You did. Yeah, you Bryce, nailed it. Yeah, his name is Bryce Cherry, and uh, yeah. he no longer writes for the Trib after uh, writing. No, he's he's a good friend. <laughs> but yeah, he the speakers were a little loud for him and people at his church. <laughs> no, the, I, hey, it it was it was really loud in there. I'll, I'll say that. Um, but you know, I think it's a different environment. It's a different environment. Um, it's a it's an older arena, um, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, huge capacity, one of the biggest capacity, uh, I think 10, a 9, 9, 10, maybe I'm wrong, 15. I don't know what Kempom has it at, but uh, it's one of the bigger venues in, in college basketball. I don't think Jerome's a friend of ours. I don't think he understands altitude. Like, the, you know, you, you, it still can affect you in one game. It's not like, well, we're only going to be there one night, so it will not impact us. I don't know what he's – I mean, that's not that's not even the proper way to think of altitude. But anyway, um, well, it's going to be – Kevin, that's uh, it's going to be exciting. Now, uh, what about Cubbies? I think that's a sandwich shop there. Caleb Lohner took the team there, and Scott Drew was very impressed. In fact, uh, said it was one of the better – he may have just been being nice, but said it was one of his favorite sandwich shops ever. He went with the chicken, and then he said the burger looked good, and so he went back and also had a burger – are they overselling Cubbies, or have you discovered Cubbies? You know, hey, I, I live across the street from one of them, uh, and I've never been. So I really can't even speak to this. A lot of mm. people have told me that – I wouldn't say a lot, but, you know, some people really like it and have told me I should go. But I, I haven't experienced it for myself, to be honest. But it is, a, it is seemingly a, a uh, very big, big thing in Utah. I think tonight would be the night, Kevin. You can literally eat bears. Get it? Cubbies? 
He gets it. I can hear it. <laughs> hey, hey, Kevin, you don't have to laugh at that. There's no, there's no reason. You do not have to be gracious. Um, I bet that's kind of cool, though, for you to see Houston in this conference now. You having gone to SMU, and when you watch that team last night, I have a hard time getting my arms around Houston because sometimes they scare me, and I think, well, maybe they can win a national title, like their defense and all of that. But then they don't then they don't have a lot of scores. Obviously, they weren't shooting the ball particularly well, and Iowa State kind of hung around in that game that they almost got blown out in the first half, but they kind of fought back in that game. Do you um, – what, what do you think of those Cougars, uh, this Houston team? And when you watch this team, does this seem like as good as any of Sampson's teams, or do you think some of these other Kelvin Sampson teams were probably with Grimes and those guys, they probably had a little more depth, didn't they? Yeah, um, I think it's interesting because I feel like I've been I, I've been down to Houston many times and, and covered games there when SMU went down there. Uh, the environment in that place I've always said it's it's like one of my favorite places I've ever covered a game uh, in that in that arena because I think it is so loud um, and it's smaller but it, it's a really unique environment. Um, but to me, yeah, the Grimes, Marcus Sasser, obviously a Dallas kid that went to Houston, like. But but this team, I think, has really good guard play. Um, you know, I think Jamal Shedd is a – like, I think he's one of the best guards in the country. So I do think this team can be a one seed, get up to – you know, or be a really high seed and can get to a Final Four. I mean, I, I really do. You're right. Like, uh, maybe this team doesn't have, you know, a Grimes, but I think Sharp is pretty good. Um, watching him over the last couple of nights, I think he's, he's effective and, and can shoot a little bit, bring some offense. But defensively, I think – I don't know what you think, but I think this is one of Kelvin Sampson's better defensive teams in the last few years, no? Yeah, I do think they're good, and I like that Tingler guy off the bench. Roberts is good. I just worry about scoring because if those two guards aren't scoring, Sharp is an X-factor. You're right. But Roberts, can his scoring comes and goes, and they got no guards coming in. Like that, that guy interests me, Milik Wilson. He, he's interesting – but not a guy I would depend on for scoring. So I, I just wonder if, if like, Shed and Cryer aren't getting it done, where does the scoring come from? But they're number two in the country. I mean, my gosh, they're, I'm, I'm nitpicking. It is a really good team. Uh, uh, Cam, did you want to ask about Gary real quick? Kevin needs to get, get over there, get prepared for the game, and we've already taken a lot of his time, but I, I, something tells me you would like to ask him about Gary Bohannon. Oh, I was like, who is Gary, man? Who are you talking about? Uh, yeah, Kevin, any beat on um, Gary Bohannon being the starting quarterback next year for BYU, our, our old pal Gary? You know, I think it, I, I don't think he comes in as, like, QB1 right away. Um, mm-hmm. I think BYU had that situation last year with Keaton Slovis coming from USC and Pitt. Um, I think it will be a quarterback battle in the spring. I, I really do. With um, Jake Retzlaff, who is a JUCO transfer, played the last started the last four games uh, for BYU down the stretch, but didn't win any kind of had, I don't know if you guys saw this game, but kind of had Oklahoma on the ropes a little bit and then threw a pick six at the uh, one yard line mm. uh, and a hundred yard mm. return uh, by Billy Bowman, another Dallas kid. So um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll see. I don't, I don't know if Bohannon comes in and is immediately QB one um, by any means uh, right now for BYU though. Okay, fine. I have one more question for Kevin before he goes, Matt, if yeah. that's okay. It's very quick. 
Oh, All right, because I'm going to go back to the first matchup of these two teams, Baylor and BYU, back in January. And I heard in the media room, I don't think it was you, Kevin, but someone said, referring to the the officiating, which Mark Pope went on to talk about in his press conference that night, said, man, welcome to the Big 12, I guess. Have the BYU Cougars, and more importantly, their beat writers that follow them, have you guys gotten used to the Big 12 whistle by now? Honestly, I don't even remember this. Um, but, um, you <laughs> that know, shows you it wasn't bad officiating, I guess. <laughs> um, but, you know, I haven't had anything, for me personally, I don't know, I haven't had any just game that I've watched that I thought the officiating was was terrible. Um, that, but that's just that's just me off the top of my head thinking. I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't guess you've had Jeb Hartness on a game. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> But uh, just keep your eye on Pope and Drew, very volatile guys. Pope Clearly. banged the table and got water on Rubel, the, the radio team, and then Scott got kicked out of an Iowa State game. Both very volatile men, so that'll be fun to watch them tonight, see if they can keep them in the box, keep them in the coach's box. And, boy, get to know Gary, by the way. He, you talk about awesome. Like, he will fit in because I love the LDS folks are great people and uh, very friendly, and Gary will fit in beautifully. Like, he's as good uh, a human as you will come across. So uh, get get to know old Gary. Uh, Kevin, have a great game tonight. Enjoy it, and uh, we'll be watching, all right? We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. There he is, Kevin Reynolds. Future Salt Gary Lake Bohannon. Trib. During breaks, you run back over here to the Mosley Show. Now, Aaron, why are we not putting that on our show today? Oh, don't answer that. Don't answer that. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, okay, it is, you hear the music, you know what it means. It is the NFL. It's the NFL Blitz Package. Cam, we need a sponsor for this, by the way. Okay? Ooh, okay. Pizza Hut yeah. or something? Yeah, they're a big Throw NFL sponsor. To our, our pizza, our pizza uh, friends. Okay. Um, I mean, they'll have to spend a lot of extra money, but that's okay. Um, Aaron, what do you have for us? Missouri prosecutors said today the two adults have been charged with murder in last week's shooting that killed one person and injured 22 others at the Chiefs' Super Bowl parade. Dominic Miller and Lindell Mays both charged with second-degree murder, two counts of armed criminal action, and unlawful use of a weapon. They've both been hospitalized since the shooting being held on $1 million bond. The new charges come after two juveniles were detained last week on gun-related and resisting arrest charges. Good. Okay. <clears throat> I'm glad we got the adults charged because, I mean, obviously, the, just the, the horrible behavior, they need to go away. I'm always a little bit – I'm not saying there aren't juveniles that need to go away too. But, like, I, I do if, – if, if possible, I like for the juveniles to have another chance in life. But – you know, again, if they if they were primarily responsible for some of this, prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law. Cam, okay, I don't want anybody yeah. saying Mosley's soft on crime, but uh, the shooting was the latest at a sports celebration. Uh, a shooting wounded several people last year in Denver after the Nuggets. NBA championship. I'm a Nuggets fan, and I remember nothing about that. I'm honestly afraid that is how you're desensitized we are. 
Oh, Aaron, would I? How do we probably talk more Nuggets than any show in Central Texas? Would you say? <laughs> wow, what a bar! <laughs> I know the press box, pretty big NBA. <laughs> <laughs> they they were they were big into letting Bruce Brown walk. They didn't like that. Yeah. What do you think Stretch thought about the Nets parting ways with Jacques Vaughn? I don't need to I don't need to think. I heard them discuss it. So I know exactly what he thought. As a matter of fact. They, they did not discuss it. Oh that. they did. Aaron was there. Yesterday? Was that yesterday? Yeah. Did, Aaron, did yesterday. Aaron bring it up? Like how would they have ended up? Talking about an NBA firing. I don't remember who brought it up. I think it was just Ward. I don't know. Okay. I don't want to discredit Aaron if Aaron brought it up. Mm. He's thinking well, about it. <laughs> <laughs> he can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a discussion of why wouldn't you just do it before the All-Star break, which mm. is a fair point. Yeah. But anyway. I would not. When I tune into the press box, I want football. I want Cowboys. I want NFL, and I want high school. Like, Ward White's is a high school. In fact, I thought of Ward today because I found out somebody has opened, a, bu- a former buddy of mine. It's a lot of I, – I A former buddy? A friend. I just don't talk to him anymore. Okay. But I'm, that doesn't mean we're not still friends. I haven't talked to him in a long time. But he opened up like a training, like almost like an NFL combine-type facility in Stephenville, Texas, huh. of all places. They've produced a couple guys in the NFL. I thought Ward would be interested in that. He's a big Stephenville guy from his Charlton days. I I have a candidate for the Baylor offensive line coach, and I think I'm on to something. Like, I just threw it out, and then whoever I threw it out to was kind of like, whatever reaction I got, it it was like Mosley's on to something. They they are looking at my guy in the line. And again, I and I don't want to. Cl- I'm just saying, I I came up with this idea, and then I was told, yes, they're already looking at that individual. Interesting. So Did we, he just take made... the head coaching job at Bosqueville? <laughs> it's, not, it's not Reggie Patrick, former like China Spring that, OC. I, I like that Reggie Patrick. Like it just guy's it, got it seems a great like a guy man. I would enjoy being around. And he um, is he was the offense okay? What's the strength of offense the offense? Was uh, great. Yeah, they gave uh, up too many points, right? Against the good teams, yeah, they kind of they, they did that. That that is true. Yeah, I mean they had a all-state quarterback who has the in two seasons has the yeah. uh, China Spring all-time touchdowns record. They had the running back was their all-time leading scorer. Uh, so he had some great. He converted a a first baseman who is a Texas baseball commit into one of the best tight ends in Central Texas. Yeah, he's got. He had a good thing going. Do you think Reggie left because he's scared of Lorena? Probably, yeah. As we as we all are, you know, the team he put up thirty eight against last year, thirty eight each of the last two years. Yeah. No, I Lorena. Now that they're I think on, they're scared of Aaron's alma mater, Robinson. I think I think Barfield and Coach Tusa do intimidate other like broadcasters. I imagine, yeah, because they just have more experience. And they're better than most of those that, those high school broadcasts. Coach Tusa's and I do think, great. you know, I don't know why I'm doing these Barfield jokes because he he's not even listening. He's doing the Baylor game right now. Right. 104.9. <laughs> Are we up on Lamar yet? Aaron, could we, like, at some point in the 4 o'clock hour, if we wanted to, could we, like, 
turn it on and like listen to a Tom <laughs> call a few pitches? Maybe. I think that would be great if we we could critique the broadcast. Like a live look in. No, I'm not trying to critique (laughs) him. I just want to hear him. I just because it's 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 Tom's comeback, and Tom is part of the ESPN Central Texas family. And Tom knows his baseball, man. He's that's a baseball guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've listened to the broadcast. He I know, I know. We all know that. We we are very. He is very. He's a good baseball man. I mean, he did UT. <laughs> he's done Baylor. I mean, yeah. we're very familiar with this. Yeah. Um, Aaron, you good have one more NFL man. story. I'm sorry, Cam is very <laughs> good chatty, baseball chatty man. Today. Like he's Billy Martin or something. <laughs> 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 he you also is an umpire. He's like a. He is a good baseball. Thankless man. job, and I, I appreciate anyone who does umpire. Yeah. No, I think he did like. College baseball, for him in high school baseball, he's a he's a man for all seasons. Ball guy. I just don't know how he's functioning without Lark. He and Lark made a good team over the years. I don't know how any of us are functioning without Lark in these halls every day. I listen. Lark is one of my favorites. I'm a Lark fan. Yeah, you're not. I think you're just talking. Yeah, I wasn't here in 1983. Sorry, Mosley. I'm still a Lark fan. I was not either, by the way. <laughs> um, you're saying that's when he was at the peak? Yeah, he's probably three. still at KWTX, right? You think, you think he did some live uh, live stand-ups from the Blue Bonnet Bowl as the Bears were getting oh, ready I to face yeah. Rusty Hilger in Oklahoma State? Yeah, LSU in 85. That was the Liberty Bowl. Yeah. And then 86, they go back to the Blue Bonnet Bowl and beat the Buffs, beat Bill McCartney, that was before McCartney became McCartney, and it would take and would made lead Colorado the to a national title, a better football program in 2024 than Baylor. Yeah, Aaron, I'm sorry that Cam's doing this. What else do you? What else do you have? Another NFL <laughs> story, real quick. I do. Yeah. If you're wondering how much Travis Kelsey spent on Taylor Swift for Valentine's Day, the U.S. Ooh. Sun has your answer: sixteen okay. grand. Kelsey spent over two thousand each on two giant. Eternity Rose arrangements that included mm-hmm. 250 rose each, roses each. He also what bought her a $3,100 rose sculpture that was what? made by Perigold, whoever that's that is. Dumb. I'm assuming that's oh, some that's type of dumbest gift. Some type like of Like if artist. I tried to get my wife a sculpture of a heart or something, she would just laugh at me. That's a dumb That's gift. just like the biggest meathead with a ton of money gift idea. Like, am I wrong? Look, it's oh sweet, God. I'm sure, but... Oh man! Like, <laughs> I, I know how much you like roses. Better than that, at first Monday, I could find something at a flea market. Than that. <laughs> That's I about promise. what I spent at CVS that day. What's it? <laughs> you got some chocolates. <laughs> Those things were about two years old. They were some Valentine's <laughs> 2021. God. Hey, do y'all have that Cadbury? Y'all got some of those Cadbury chocolates? I could just hear you in there. Hey, hey. He also bought her more in the back? a beret, <laughs> listen, a listen handbag, and a shawl. A beret? All brought by, all made by luxury brands. It doesn't say which one, but I'm a sure beret? they're very high end. Nobody. She does not want a shawl. What is this, like Victorian England? He is, he is not a great gift. But in his defense, like she's she a, got him she's tickets to Paris. She's a so billionaire. It's, it's tough to shop for a billionaire. It is. I'll, I'll get. I'll concede that. But a beret and a shawl, I, nice. <laughs> and I a think literally, like they should break up based on those gifts. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Like, have you seen these memes now, Mosley? These tweets and stuff of, you know, people trying to reenact, like, what their interactions are. And it's all basically Taylor Swift trying to get uh, Travis Kelsey to stop eating batteries and stuff like that. And it's just... This is this is just playing right into it. I mean, I'm telling you, because this is what I would do. I'm also a meathead. I don't know what to get women, and if I had millions of dollars, I'd probably just get a, a rose sculpture. What did you get at CVS that night? A card? Anything else? I got like, chocolates get... and a card. So like, hey, do y'all have Maybelline? Do y'all have some of that Maybelline back there? <laughs> no, no, they didn't. I I did know. I went to the wine selection at CVS. Hey. And hey, I did notice have... they don't have the ones that she likes, so that's that's a good, that was a good uh, memory that I didn't, the, I knew that they didn't have that brand. You guys have any SD Lauder? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Lee. sighs> really in there? Where do you get the best women's perfume in Waco? Like you still go to the mall for that? Uh, who sponsors us? Dillard's probably still. Probably is that still open? Yeah. Oh yeah, the they best? got two huge stores. One just for. Still make, I had like, some Halston. sale a couple years ago. It was like ninety percent. Do they make Aspen or Halston cologne or maybe Dracar? But that was what when I was in high school. That was that was the good stuff. That's what how you got folks? the girls to say say yes to a date. I, they still make secret. Dracar, not very popular anymore. And I used to wear it too. I, I love that stuff. <laughs> oh, that Dracar. Oh, you'd have to fight them all. Where's the David once, Beckham cologne? I had a I I had a uh, a whole bottle of like Aspen cologne spill in my locker oh in, in, in high school and literally you couldn't go within it was it was it was overpowered yeah the ladies were just all around you at, when you went to your locker no no <laughs> it was the opposite it was like people started moving out that were around me. <laughs> <laughs> nothing <laughs> personal mosley <laughs> i think there's something called crabtree and evelyn what is that don't they have some kind of substance that you can splash on what's a crabtree and evelyn I'm just amazed the music goes this long. (laughs) The the NFL Blitz (laughs) music. Is it five yet? When are we done today? (laughs) Um, Hey, let's listen to some baseball. We'll do that next. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Announcing the $12 lunch menu Tuesday through Friday at the Brazos Landing. This menu is the most diverse in town. No matter what you're craving, it's a good bet. The Brazos Landing has an entree to satisfy your appetite. Check out the one-of-a-kind 8-ounce Akaushi burger or the 6-ounce Akaushi ribeye chicken fried steak. Their chili relleno is famous, and if seafood is on your mind, try the shrimp or crawfish etouffee. We're I-35 and the Brazos River meet the Brazos Landing, Waco. Total Office Solutions is one of the largest locally owned and operated commercial furniture dealers in Central Texas. Their staff of consultants provide project management, layout design, and turnkey installations. Whether you need chairs, desk, or complete furniture renovation, Total Office Solutions is your provider of all steel, Hahn, JSI, and Gunlock furniture. Total Office Solutions, where customer service and satisfaction is their number one goal. 216 Schroeder Drive in Waco and at mytotaloffice.com. Whether it's a problem with your debit card or just a simple question, things always seem to come up when your bank is closed. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you have access to a real, live, local person who can resolve issues and answer questions from 6 to 8.30 every morning or from 5 to 10 o'clock every evening. Bank different, bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. 
an exceptional experience and extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James Law Firm. Craig Cherry, Ryan Johnson, Mark Sigmund, and Scott James are trial lawyers with 100 plus years of combined experience specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. They have unmatched credentials, real-world experiences, and a passion to serve your legal needs. The lawyers at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James have obtained substantial settlements and over $2 billion in verdicts for their clients, due in no small part to their ingenuity and relentless tenacity. They also have knowledge in business, finance, and engineering. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. Their Waco office is on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue. Your home for the world champion Texas Rangers, ESPN, Central Texas. The next time you need service on your garage door, do yourself a favor and call Precision Garage Door Service. Veteran-owned and operated, Precision Garage Door Service services all brands. They offer same-day service with professionally trained technicians arriving with fully stocked trucks. All calls are answered by a live operator 24-7. All major cards are accepted and financing is available. Serving all of Central Texas, Precision Garage Door Service. You can book your appointment online or call 254-522-9657. Learn more at PrecisionDoorCentralTX.com. Since 2006, Scott's Lease Trailers has leased commercial belly dump trailers and commercial flatbed trailers to customers throughout Central Texas. The leases at Scott's Lease Trailers are available long-term or short-term. They have several trailers to choose from, and all their trailers are guaranteed to pass Texas Department of Transportation inspection at pickup. Family-owned and operated and located in Cossie, Scott's Lease Trailers. They will answer your phone call no matter the day or time. Call James at 254-422-5375. That's 254-422-5375. When we say at UBO Business Services that we are the premier service provider for Rico, Xerox, Conic Minolta, Canon, Kisser, and Lexmark copiers and printers, we are not blowing hot air. One way we quantify our status as the best is an independent company used by millions of organizations called Net Promoter Score. It is the most consistent way to rank brand loyalty and customer service. A score of 70% or better is considered world-class. UBO score is an 86. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Oh, good choice, Aaron. Thank you. Back here on Matt Mosley's show, Jump Around, which is one of the best one-hit wonders ever, if I may say so myself. Composition of that song. You ever heard a a song quite like that? No. That riff? That's a great Reggie Patrick uh, tribute. First game I did for China Spring. Quick story time before Matt chimes in. I'm Uh, here. 2022, game one of the season, uh, the Cougs scored like 40, 45 points after every touchdown they played jump around. So it got very repetitive. And so we just started blaring it the rest of the year. So that was all thanks to the great Reggie Patrick because he was running those offenses. 
congratulations to him over at Bosqueville. That is a uh, that's an excellent story. And, Thank you. Uh, One of my best, really, for him. Now, I'm not in baseball mode yet. It's just spring training in the pros. The Tough to I, I, college. I do love college baseball, but it's a little early in the season for me. I'm in playoff basketball mode. I'm going to go see by district boys basketball tonight. And the, the girls are already like past area. Girls basketball used to be just one round ahead. I feel like they're already on regional. I'll tell you, I heard Ward do a state title game. Aaron, you remember this? La Vega won the state title in basketball, and he is good on I mean, he's good at a lot of stuff, but he's really good play-by-play on basketball. And I think, I think he did La Vega. What's that? I think La Vega's got a game tonight. Oh, good. Which good. should be a Ward White's production. Yeah. Yeah, well, Ward Ward does a nice job on those, and uh, especially when they get to state. Last year, I went to the boys' state title, and and uh, we thought Lake Highlands won that, and their star player Trey Johnson, we thought he was coming to Baylor. He decided to go to Texas instead, but it's very cool at the Baylor uh, at the uh, state championship games. The Baylor coaching staff always goes and like sits on the first row. And Jacobs and AB and the whole and Scott and the whole group, and it's just a it's a cool way. Even if they're not recruiting somebody in the the championship games, it's just kind of a neat. It's their way. It kind of like, hey, we're here, and uh, this means a lot. And we love high school basketball, and we love these coaches. And I always think that's kind of a neat deal that Baylor does. They could not quite. I'm afraid. I'm afraid my man Trey succumb to the huge NIL money. But that's okay. It happens. And then Baylor pivoted and got ended up getting B.J. Hedgecomb, who's unbelievable, who's rated every bit as high as Trey. Um, okay, guys, Cam, Aaron, this um, college football playoff unanimously approves the 5 plus 7 model for the new 12-team playoff. This was going to be a 6-plus-6, six six, but then the Pac-12 happened. And, by the way, they've still been fouling stuff up. The Washington State president's been holding everything up and the TV deal and all of this. But it is kind of nice to finally know this is what's happening. And it's just kind of you – know, by the way, I love the Notre Dame president. Notre Dame, which does not participate in any conference in football – of course, they're in the middle of all this and um, said Tuesday morning in a virtual meeting of the 10 FBS commissioners and the Notre Dame president, Reverend John Jenkins. I mean, just, I mean hey, the reverend, the I'm, reverend. He gets to, it's like, hey, anybody have a priest? And, uh, and Notre Dame comes out, and so they get to. But the vote had to be unanimous for the 5 plus 7 format to be approved. And the Pac-12 had either previously abstained or asked for a delay as it worked on determining its future. That still is going on. But they were at least able to get this vote done. And now we have it. And those top four are going to get buys. And then 5 through 12 will be playing, you know, the, the top seeds, uh, the low, you know, will be playing at uh, home, the top of that of that group in that first round, so 
Did you uh, see how I they're going to do the seating and how it affects Notre Dame? Oh, tell me. The highest four. This is the the highest four conference champions get the one through four seeds. So if this tweet is correct and he's reading it right, uh, that means Notre Dame would be ineligible, five. yeah, for a top four five seed, which means right. the highest they could be is a five, and they would never get a bye unless they joined a conference. Good, join I a conference. I think it's great. I think that's fine. <laughs> I think that's I'm, fine, I'm yeah. I'm trying to think and about that would be this Plus, year. they get treated so well, and, and they get treated like their own entity anyway. So I think it behooves them to have given a little bit on this, and I think that's right. This also opens the door because that that fifth conference, I mean, that's going to be kind of interesting. Um, and I guess they'll go with the rankings of the college football playoff, this committee that now Mac is on. You know, that's what they'll base this on for sure, right, just like they have been. Right. Instead of the top four, you'll have the top 12. And, you know, what's weird about this is, thinking back now, I mean, this is what Ian McCall, this is what he was stumping for, demanding back in the day when they were, it looked like they were going to hold out Baylor or TCU or both. And they ended up holding out both. What's crazy is Baylor has finished, Cam, correct me since you have a great memory for this kind of thing, I think they've now finished fifth twice. Like in the yes. final in the final vote, like certainly in 2014, but I think in 2021 after winning that Sugar Bowl, they actually finished the season ranked fifth. Yes, yeah, so in the I, I college, think in the college football playoff, like when they did that final vote, I think Baylor was fifth with 12 wins. You mean like a- after the bowl games? You're saying their yeah, final after ranking? All of it after all. Yeah, of it. so they the they were fifth that ranking, time. Yes, they, they were, were fifth, fifth that time. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're right. 2014, they would have slipped. They were fifth. But then after, they got yeah. beat yeah, by Michigan right. State. Yes, yes, you're totally right. But interesting, though, and I, I don't know just to think of, like, where Baylor would have been, how they would have been slated in those seasons. And it is wild when you look at the top 12 of teams that would have been in. It's unfair totally to do this because the Pac-12 is not the Pac-12 anymore, and they're including the Pac-12 schools like USC in with the Big Ten and all that. But it, it is, well, the Big Ten and SEC, who we always go, oh, the big bad group, they have dominated. They have mm-hmm. dom- They Like if you look at who would have been in the top 12, they would have had somewhere in the neighborhood of – 60 to 65 percent of the spots those two conferences yeah which is good which is good for them um I, and who knows what will happen now and then we've had all this other news happening i mean like it, it's kind of not even getting that much attention but there's more happening with florida state right now and there there there's there seems to be movement both both mainstream and whoever that one dude is that just constantly tweets about this stuff and ends up being right about a lot of it. Who am I talking about, Cam? You Which remember one? that one guy? Always names like Jason Shear. Like oh, I've always uh, wondered if Wildcat like, Authority? Yeah. It's he like, had a ton of it, yeah. I know. He's huh. right. He Now, he's always early, 
and he's always gets some stuff wrong, but he he does get he he's kind of on some of this stuff. But it, that that's going to be interesting because Florida State is moving closer, and once they get out, it's going to be another round of realignment. Right, and we have to see if the ACC can hold, or if they're going to get eaten alive, like what happened to the Pac-12. So does this help a conference like the Big Twelve then? Of I, teams I who are it, like, well, we can win the Big Twelve and uh, and you know get in this top four by because winning the Big Twelve and being good enough to be a playoff team has not necessarily meant you are a playoff team in this conference. You know what I mean? If we keep losing conferences, I mean, you can you can read where this thing is headed. If the ACC sure. blows up, I mean, this thing really does feel like SEC and Big Ten are going to try to pull away from everybody at some point. And if you're not on that train, then you are on the outside looking in. I mean, I think your mark's done a great job, but I, I don't know how you combat what's happening with the SEC and Big Ten right now because there is a movement, and one of them's going to take Florida State, obviously, and Clemson, and, again, they're just going to keep, and they might take, North Carolina, who knows? They may take Virginia. They'll take four to six schools. And and then, again, it just the power is going to – and then so the Big 12 could jump in and either take some of the ACC schools or the ACC could try to remain an entity and keep going. But once it loses Florida State and Clemson, it's sunk. Yeah, it's, it's not much of a conference. Although that right? is what they said about the Big 12. But there's less teams to take. <laughs> that that's that's the difference, Matt. There's less teams to take if you're the ACC. Yeah, I don't know. But so I'm thinking about this from okay. So my, back to my question of like, if you're Florida State, obviously SEC is the natural fit, right? Um, but if you're like, is there a school of thought where you say, you know what, we can we can go to the Big Twelve, and it could be three major conferences, let's say. And, you know, we can we can run the Big 12 and be a top four seed. You know, the way Clemson was doing it with the ACC, not that they joined it for that reason, but they all of a sudden got this run where they have a great stretch, Florida State doesn't, and now it is Clemson and everybody else in the ACC. Do you think Florida State even has that mindset now of, well, we can go to the Big 12 and we can... Pfft, these little guys is probably what they're thinking. We'll we'll run through them and we'll be a playoff too, team every they year. They think they're too good for us. Mm, There's well. no way. They they Florida State feel you know whether it's right or wrong, the Big Twelve is beneath them. That's the, and that will never change. That mindset will never change unless somehow the the Big Twelve is the only the only option they have. But F, F, Florida State and Clemson believe the Big 12 is beneath them. I, 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 you're making a logical argument. I'm not right. saying they couldn't go and yeah, college you football's say, hey, not you could run this thing. I'm just saying they don't look at it like right. that. They look at that's a random outlier type conference. We don't want any part of that. I mean, we did just see a team in the Big 12 that did run the Big 12 for a decade in football say, no, we're, we're good. We're going to leave. So. Yes. I mean, essentially the same thing. OU won the Big 12 every year, and most of those years went went to the playoff. 
But just remember, OU left because Texas told them to leave. Yes, sure. When it all comes down to it, and they hate the thought of that, but Big Brother always says they tried to break away many, many years ago. Um, and in Texas said, get back here, quit being, because Texas was thinking about going the Pac-12, OU was thinking about going to the SEC, and when Texas decided to stay, DeLoss said, get your rear back where you are, and Texas told them they couldn't go. So don't ever, I mean, again, I know OU people hear this and they hate it, but Texas runs OU, and in this instance, they said, hey, y'all, we're going to – y'all want to come? And they didn't want to get left behind. And in, in doing so, they just said, like, they just completely hiked their leg on Oklahoma State and said, we care nothing about a 120-year-old rival and, like, a te- you know, a school in our own state, a sister school and all that. Did not care. Did not even care a tiny bit. And that's the same thing with Washington. You think Washington, when, when it all push came to shove, they were like – I'm sorry, Washington State. We don't. We, we can't care about you. What do they call that? The Apple Cup. The Apple Cup, baby. Yeah. But now, to their credit, those schools have found a way to keep having it. Where A and M was so ready to be apart from. It's hilarious that A and A M was so happy to be away from Texas, and now starting next year, they're right back with them. And they thought they wanted to be away from them, but most Aggies and Longhorns deep down, are very excited about this. I mean, the last time they played, you were, you know, 12 years old. Close, 14. 14 years old. So, you know, to your age range, it's kind of like, ah, yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool that they'll be. But but I would say old people, 30 and older, are, like, very, very excited about this. But for a while, A&M. do it, yeah desperately needed the break well yeah and you do have texas you got university of texas ties unfortunately yeah the guy who makes who scored the last points is now like a nailed on hall of famer that was justin tucker i believe making that final kick tucker made the final kick of what the ut a&m rivalry 2011. And they, let's try to think who was the quarterbacks. Who were the quarterbacks? I can tell you. Let me see. No, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'm going to see if I can get this. Uh, Case on, uh, it was uh, Colts, little brother on one side. Um, Case McCoy. Case McCoy. And you got the hard one. Well, so what year was that? 2011. Uh, oh, you know I'll this. The Big Spring High, NFL. Big Spring, but we're talking about the A&M. Correct. Big Spring. He went to Big oh, Spring. Oh, Tannehill? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. And I don't See, know if Case one? was the full-time starter yet. He yeah. definitely was at the end of that game. He he did that drive. But remember, he and David Ash were splitting time. Westlake's David Ash. Yeah, yeah, and and then David Ash. He was okay. David yeah. David had some concussion issues. Yeah, Gilbert was, was before them. Okay, uh, it is uh, the the Matt Mosley show. Cam Stewart, Aaron. We do have campus confidential coming up, but uh, just a couple words as we get you ready for BYU and the Bears this evening. 
Glenn Moore, and Baylor Bear softball all season long on 101.3 FM. Baylor softball continues on the road in Palm Springs, California for the Mary Nutter Classic. Games Thursday, Friday, and Saturday against Notre Dame, Oregon, UC Riverside, UCLA, and Missouri. Join Foster Nicholas for Baylor Bears softball on 101.3 FM. At City Ranch Boot Company, customers have the option to buy off the shelves or design a one-of-a-kind custom-made boot with your preferred logo. City Ranch Boot Company's inventory includes boots, belts, wallets, and ladies' purses. Owner Jay Kelly was a Baylor football letterman in the 1980s. He's a longtime importer of exotic leather and has plenty of ostrich, elephant, crocodile, python, and hippo leather from which to choose. His wife and four of his five children attended Baylor University. City Ranch Boot Company, just around the corner from Hellberg Barbecue on Highway 185 between Crawford and China Spring. Call 254-855-7225 at cityranchboot.com and Facebook. Open Monday through Friday, 9 to 4. Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixins. They welcome phone-in orders at their town west or downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. Coriel Health has an all-star team of board-certified orthopedic surgeons, including the Matt Mosley Show Sports Injury Expert, Dr. Lance Ellis. Whether your pain is from an old or new sports injury or everyday wear and tear on your joints, Coriel Health Orthopedic Team uses the latest minimally invasive technology, including an orthopedic robot to perform total knee replacements with unmatched precision. Call 254-483-KNEE. That's 254-483-KNEE. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Hey, Central Texas, it's Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas. Next time you're ready for a weekend getaway or a staycation, remember Element Waco Hotel. Element Waco Hotel offers its guests superb combination of luxury and comfort. Rooms are big and spotless and feature an upscale, modern-looking feel. Also have the suites that are perfect for you to host a watch party for the upcoming game. These suites include full-size kitchens and two TVs. Meeting spaces for birthday parties and small events are also available. The Circa Kitchen serves fresh chef-inspired cuisine made with locally sourced ingredients. The bar is a great place to enjoy craft cocktails, local beer, and organic wine, open to the public seven days a week, 5 to 10, and the beautiful heated outdoor pool and hot tub. The location is hard to beat. 2200 North Robinson Drive, just off the famous Waco traffic circle. It's time to enjoy the best. Element Waco Hotel. In business since the 1940s, Alamo Steel of Waco delivers over 30,000 tons of steel nationwide every year. And now they're looking to grow their team. They're hiring fitters, welders, machine operators for both day and evening shifts, project managers and estimators. Plus, they're offering summer internships. Evening shift only works four days a week, Monday through Thursday. Also, a $1 differential pay is offered for evening shifts. After 90 days of full-time employment, Alamo Steel offers PTO and a comprehensive benefit plan, including medical, dental, vision, short- and long-term disability, 
life insurance, and 401k. Full-time positions are 40 hours plus a week. Hourly employees are paid weekly. At Alamo Steel, they believe in above-average pay to attract well-qualified individuals. Apply in person Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, 2784 Old Dallas Road, one block off I-35 in Lacey Lakeview. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Oh, what a gorgeous day to be alive and to be out at the ballpark watching Baylor take their frustrations out on Lamar, the Lamar something, Cardinals, I think. And they're up 4 nothing, going to the bottom of the second on, on the uh, strength of a home run. Hunter Simmons left the park. And, uh, oh, I loved his trot. Did some stuff, pointed over at the dugout, did a couple things as he went around. Wow. It was a no-doubter. Oh, Aaron, I mean, you, you and Cam have to get to social media and just watch that thing. Almost over to, almost landed over there near McLean. I mean, just just bombed it. Are y'all watching this? Would you call it treetop tall and over the wall? Yes. That's, is that how you would describe how, it? You think that's how Barfield said it on the air? Now, when does Barfield take over? Derek Smith, I would think, has the first two or three innings. And then yeah, middle that's relief, Tommy B, Tommy B will take over. I feel like we got to – here in about 30 minutes, I feel like we need to – we need to sample it. We need to get over there. You can hear this game on 104.9. Derek Smith and uh, uh, Tom Barfield calling this one. I bet Derek got really worked up over that over that shot. What is out there beyond left field? What is that field out there? Soccer. Eddie LeMay. Is that soccer field out there? Yeah, if we're talking about Baylor Ballpark, yeah. Yeah, I just, I mean, I think that ball... I think that ball went right out there on the soccer pitch. Love that. On the pitch. See, you got it. You learned. Boy, you threw that thing down yesterday. Threw oh, I Scott. threw it down. I threw that thing threw down. Scott drew off. You threw me off. We did not know what you were. No, it was a good soccer. It was a good soccer mention. Do you need a new uh, soccer correspondent? Aaron's pretty good. Aaron we do have uh, Brian Fonville. The uh, executive vice president of Central National Bank mm-hmm. is a big soccer guy. I think we're a little down because we wanted at AT&T Stadium the World Cup final, and we didn't get it. We got a bunch of games, and that's exciting in, in like, a quarterfinal or something. I mean, we're, we're okay. We got some good games, but we did not get the final, and, and there was some thought that we might get it. And I don't know who did. Who ended up with it? New Jersey. Meadowlands. I don't even know if they like soccer there. This well, I, 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 would, I would say so. They've got a high <laughs> population of people whose names end in vowels, and they really like soccer. I think they gave up. I, I think since the Cosmos went away, the New York Cosmos. Oh, I here we go. We're getting in the weeds now. <laughs> yeah. I don't, think, I don't think they're into it as much. With Pele we, and Dirk Kaiser, who we've well, lost within, both within the last year. Oh, Great Cosmos. Love, love Pele. Mm. Beckenbauer. Miss him. 
Have you have you watched that Beckham? Somebody was telling me that Beckham documentary is not bad. I have heard it's good. I've I have not seen it. I'm a I'm a big David Beckham fan, even considering his his biggest club that he played for. How about that Wrexham thing? The the Watch documentary that, about yeah. Wrexham. You have seen that? Yeah, and actually, it's funny that we bring this up because the best one of them all was the one about Sunderland uh, on Netflix. It's just called Sunderland Till I Die, and it, they just came out with new episodes this weekend. Matt, I think you would like this show. Who so, are they? Okay, so it's a it's a, a small club, like yeah. but was we call Division it a yo-yo two? club. We call it okay. a yo-yo club, which means they would go. They would play in the top division for a couple of years, and they'd get relegated. They'd play there for a couple of years, then go back up, and they're constantly kind of like that, you know, small but not really small. And it's a wor- this working class city, uh, shipbuilding city in the Northeast, uh, okay. very blue collar, like the Pittsburgh of of England, and it's just following the club in a very tumultuous time. Um, it starts after they get relegated from the Premier League in 2017, and Without many spoilers to it, they are in the third division now, and they're far too big for the third division. And it's just like how it links with the city and with the fans. They follow yeah. around a bunch of fans uh, and some of the players. I it's might, really good. Uh, Emotional. I'll be in. I'll be in London for spring break. I may. I may stop by and and see them. It's just a. Say, that's hey, a. That's up? a ride. It's a couple hours. What's up, Sunderland. I'm a big. Uh, I'm a Scotland. I've got Scottish blood. Uh, so well, you I like go through right on the way. Yeah, Inverness and heading out that direction. Uh, but, uh, um, okay, this game tonight, though, we'll talk. We got we got campus confidential coming up, but this is like if you want to win the conference, um, which I think there's still an outside shot. I think everybody's kind of almost handed this thing to Houston. Yeah, it's a real shot. And, I think there's a shot. A lot of work to but do, I think but you it's, have everyone to has win a lot this. of work to do. I think yeah. you can beat Houston in at the Foster. I really do. And I think you might even be – that'll be almost like a pick em. It may be Houston favored by one. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the line on tonight's Baylor-BYU? Baylor, BYU given four. Yeah, Baylor's a dog. Mm-hmm. Four-point wow. dogs. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I think they – I think they're better than BYU. I, I think that crowd is tough, but I, I think the Bears are okay. They're not always great in a Kansas environment. They're not all. They've actually played well at Iowa State, and even can, they should have beat K State. Mm-hmm. There's only a should've few places Texas. where I just don't like their chances. They certainly over the years have beaten Texas there a lot. A lot, yeah. I don't know what to make of this place. Because it is big. Now, they're not on top of you like they are at certain places, like where mm-hmm. Houston plays, where the Bears play, kind of like Texas plays now. They're not exactly on top of you. The Marriott, I, I don't know. I think it's going to be loud, but I don't, I don't think of it. I have a hard time thinking of it as that tough of a place to play. I think the Octagon of Doom and Hilton are tougher. Which uh, Baylor's had some success in Hilton. Yeah. More than uh, a lot I of think, teams. I think they're okay. Now, what defense will they go with? Because I they've been they've been kind of freaking teams out. It's gotta be They'll man. prepare for the zone, they'll hit them with a man. 
if they if they go in the zone, these dudes will try to shoot you out of that zone. Mm-hmm. But this is a matchup. This is kind of a one-three-one. Get out on the wings. I mean, it baffled poor Porter Mosier. Like Mosier is like he went. They went from being like a sure shot in a tournament team to like barely in if if in at all. Yeah. They it, the 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 zone put them in a funk. They didn't know what to do against it. Even Porter admitted it. I, I'll I'll be interested to see what the Bears do. You think the Bears will go man to man and stick so. with it? Yeah. Yeah, because well, stick with it. We'll see. But I think they'll they'll come out with man because of what you said. The best way to beat a zone is to just shoot over it, which is something that BYU can do. And now, what I'm interested to see is if the, when, if and when Baylor comes out in the man to man defense, how BYU's guards handle that? Because I think with a, a long road trip, by the way, with from West Virginia to to Provo and having them get used to that, get their sea legs under them. Can you space the floor with a straight man-to-man and work from the outside in? Can you get these guys tired and and force Baylor to make switches and help defenses by by driving? And that's something that they might not be expecting. Am I getting too wonky with it, with that? No, no, no. I'm okay. I'm okay. You know what I mean? I mean? Like, not... just see if you can pounce on them being, see if they are a retired team. See if the altitude will get to them. You know, are they going to be mean? Is this group? Are they going to be mean to Loner? I don't think so. He left them. I mean, they might boo him. They might boo him. West Virginia was horrible to. Now these people don't cuss as much. No. Even Scott, you heard him. Like that first trip back, that they were horrific. They were awful to uh, to our man yeah. Jalen Bridges. Yeah. I I I'm I think Langston is gonna play. You think they were saving him for this game almost? Yeah, yeah. Although that's tough, man. When you're not quite in the condition you need to be in, and you go, I love what that guy told us. You know that, that about K State going up there and Jerome Tang telling him, "No, nah, it's just one one you know quick trip up here. It's it won't affect us." That's not exactly how it how works. How it works, yeah. <laughs> like, you actually want to go up there earlier and try to acclimate the best you can and maybe be ready for it. Are those – are they – the people that play in that, are they just constantly acclimated to it? Do they not even feel the altitude? Probably, yeah. Like, BYU, you think they're just fine. They're just so used to that. And how how far above sea level are they? Uh, I don't know. It's – Scott Drew told me it was not as high in altitude as Colorado, so not a mile up. But I, I'll tell you what, they thought way too much about this at Denver. I do think they did that. When they went and played in Denver in the NCAA tournament, they did everything but bring, like, hyperbaric chambers with them. They put a lot yeah, they were of into thought it. into it. They were into and it. And I just think sometimes you can overdo that. Yeah. I, I – I think I am immune to altitude. I don't think I really. Yeah, I think my I think I am built to withstand like any any elevation. Like I don't I don't I don't six think, million dollar man. No, Mosley. it's not even that. I just think my blood 
for whatever reason, it's just good it, genetics, Aaron. That's no, it. It's, it's not not even that. I just don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know. <laughs> I used to go jogging and and do all the things you would do in Colorado, and I don't recall ever, you know, it ever feeling any different there. So I got I, altitude sickness the first time I was there. Did you? Maybe I wasn't was built for that. I've yeah. I've climbed a couple of mountains, but and that was like four was cocktails for in for you. Yeah, of course. And no water for three or four days in a row. <laughs> Did I tell you what? What was where were when we had the live show, the remote last week? I remember I went into the game that night. Uh, I was tired the whole day, and I went into the game that night. And I was with my buddy, and I said, "You know, I don't feel great. I don't think I've had a sip of water all day." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just had like four diet cokes that day to keep me awake. Oh, I I do that all the time. Like I, but I do. What I don't understand is, can you count coffee because it does have a water base? Uh, it does, does that hydrate me no? to a certain extent. I think milk hydrates you. I do drink a ton of milk. That's I think milk is a decent hydrating source. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I I, yeah, I wouldn't I say it's so. dehydrating the way beer no, I is. I think milk is. I think milk Liquor helps is. in a lot of ways. But I and I think that may be why altitude does not get to me because of my massive milk intake. Probably. All right, it is time for Campus Confidential. That is next. Nikki Collin and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women home again Wednesday in the Farrell Center hosting the Kansas Jayhawks. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off Wednesday. Tune into Baylor Women's Basketball with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman all season long on ESPN Central Texas. Morrison's Gifts would like to thank all of their friends, family, and extended family, their customers, for another amazing year. They would also like to extend a special thanks to Eminem Broadcasters, ESPN Central Texas, and Shooter FM for helping grow their business through the uncertainty of the pandemic and recent economic concerns. Morrison's Gifts would especially like to thank the community for shopping local. Morrison's is a proud Baylor alumni-owned business serving gift-giving needs of Central Texas. Go see our friends at Morrison's Gifts on the corner of Waco Drive and Valley Mills, close to Jason's Are you ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas' premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfied clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. Elevate your lifestyle with a Baylor Club membership. Enjoy unparalleled access to our exclusive lounge area located in the heart of McLean Stadium. Membership with Baylor Club means you're part of a vibrant community where networking and forging lasting connections is as easy as a smile and a handshake. Indulge in members-only events and personalized service that caters to your every need to make every day extraordinary. Contact the Baylor Club membership or private events team at 254-710-8080. Listen to the Matt Mosley Show online at SyntechSportsFan.com. Hey, Central Texas. The next time you need someone to cater your group meal, remember Hellberg Barbecue. They cater events any size from 10 people to 1,000, from pickups and deliveries to full-service banquets. 
Barbecue is what Hellberg is famous for, but they can also work with you to create custom menus. High-end events complete with hors d'oeuvres, plated meals, carving stations, and elevated presentations. Each are Hellberg Barbecue specialties. Their catering professionals can create the perfect meal for any event, no matter your budget. Twice named one of the top barbecue joints by Texas Monthly Magazine, it's time to try Hellberg Barbecue. Hellberg Barbecue, just salt, pepper, and a whole lot of prayer. 254-265-5387-8532 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville and at hellbergbarbecue.com. Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. An exceptional experience and extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James Law Firm. Craig Cherry, Ryan Johnson, Mark Sigmund, and Scott James are trial lawyers with 100 plus years of combined experience, specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. They have unmatched credentials, real world experiences, and a passion to serve your legal needs. The lawyers at Cherry Johnson Sigmund James have obtained substantial settlements and over $2 billion in verdicts for their clients, due in no small part to their ingenuity and relentless tenacity. They also have knowledge in business, finance, and engineering. Learn more about Cherry Johnson Sigmund James at cjsjlaw.com. Their Waco office is on the ninth floor in Roosevelt Tower, 400 Austin Avenue. Campus Confidential is sponsored by Jim Turner Chevrolet. Jim Turner Chevrolet is just a heartbeat away in McGregor, and they will treat you like family. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. Well, it is uh, it's a big day in college athletics, college football and uh, we're going to talk about it. Thank you, Jim Turner Chevrolet. Cam Stewart here, as always, three to five. He may run out of here. May run. He, he, he reserves the option to just <laughs> bolt out of here at five o'clock. I'm going to take him into the five o'clock hour, even though he's got. I think he's got pressing business. In uh, Austin yeah, this I got to get straight out of here when this is oh, over. Well, we're so that I can hopefully get back in time to salvage watching some of the basketball games uh-huh. tonight. I'll be listening with the great John Morris. Yeah, John and Pat. I got to get Pat on. So I tried recently and Pat was traveling, but uh, what a great guy he is. Um, Hall of Famer. Baylor is up 7 nothing over yes. Lamar. Take that stuff back to Beaumont. Yeah. Take that back to Beaumont. Willie Nelson's better than the Big Bopper. Did, is, was he from Beaumont? He was from Beaumont, yeah. Um, there was a Lamar Cardinal on the 04 Red Sox, though. So Hunter Simmons had a grand slam to put the Bears up 4 nothing, And then uh, our buddy Mason Greer had walked with the bases loaded. And uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on there. 
I like this Simmons. Uh, I think this is who this guy is. Tell me if this guy doesn't look like a major league type player, Cam. I'm going to send you a more like Ted Simmons. Am I right? Who? (laughs) (laughs) Ted Simmons. Oh, the old uh, uh, not not ringing a bell. I believe a Hall of Famer, if I'm not mistaken. Ted Simmons, an old baseball player. Yeah, yeah. He played for the Cubs. Or yeah, the he got or in. Who? He got in uh, from the Veterans Committee. Yes, he did. Cardinals mostly, but also played for the oh, Brewers and the Braves. Play with Dizzy Dean. N- nope, nope. Bob Gibson. Sixty-eight to eighty. Did he play with Stan Musial? Matt, I don't know where you're going with this. No, I'm just wondering who he, I mean, I'm just naming. <laughs> he would have played. He would have backed up. Looks like he would have backed up Tim McCarver at first. One of the great. Uh, McCarver played catcher. Right at first in his career, when he came into the league, he would have been backing up the catcher Tim McCarver, not backing oh, up you. the first baseman. I could see okay. how I get that. Yeah. I understand that mistake. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, not that the '70s Cardinals were that memorable, but he he played for the late '60s Cardinals. So he must have yeah. a World Series ring. No, he wouldn't have. No, he wouldn't have. You know what? Sixty-seven. The they won it. Not you know what the famous radio station was that they played on? Nope. KMOX. And it was Gotta like do it. Missouri. People talk about WBAP. You could. Boy, I remember KMOX listening to that station. Is was a flamethrower, baby. Really? Oh my gosh! It was. It's almost like, almost like sixteen sixty. Almost. <laughs> Probably would have had some Harry Carey. I think Harry Carey was still doing the Cardinals in the late 60s. Yeah. Um, well, I, but when I started watching him, you know, he was already with the Cubs. Cubbies. Right. WGN, baby. Ah, uh, yes. Well before your time. Well, I used to watch him on WGN, but yes, Harry Carey was before my time. Um, oh, yeah. That does look like a major league. Yeah. He's just, saw he's your just text. a big old huge... Hunter Simmons. He looks like he looks like a big time home run hitter. All right, Aaron, what do we have in today's campus confidential? Huge news from about the college football playoff. The board of managers today unanimously approved a model that will guarantee the five highest ranked conference champions inclusion in the expanded 12 team field this fall, along with the next seven highest ranked teams. The CFP announced today after months of delay at the uh, request of the two remaining Pac-12 schools. The decision was made today in a virtual meeting of the 10 FBS commissioners and Notre Dame president, Reverend John Jenkins. The vote had to be unanimous for the 5 plus 7 format to be approved, and it was. It's good to have that Reverend Jenkins there so he can, like, give the invocation before the meeting, and then they can all – and they say, you know, is Baylor the only group that prays before those basketball games and football games? You think at BYU they say a Mormon prayer? As a matter of fact, I know they do. They, d- I, I saw it in 2022. Yeah, they, they do a prayer before every game. And my dad, who had been to a game in the 80s uh, at, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium or whatever it was known as then, he texted me on that day and he said, expect them to do a prayer before the game. I know you might not be used to that. I said, Dad, you've been to several Baylor games. Like, 
This is not <laughs> Massachusetts high school like basketball. Like just takes a random cheap shot at you. <laughs> yeah, well, it was just weird. I was That'd like, be a little weird for you, heathen. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. weird. Like he knows I don't. I don't keep up with Turch too well, but. I was also like, you you know, like he needed to get that shot in so bad. I think he blocked out that he has been to several Baylor games, and at each one they say a prayer before the game. But anyway, no, I, yeah, yeah, BYU does do it. When I was a kid, I didn't like, I thought it was, and even in high school, I never wrote down the prayer. I thought that made it less genuine mm. if you read the prayer. And so I would have to... Uh, not that I didn't think about what I was going to say, but I felt like it was—it just wasn't as—I don't know. Is this how your broadcast career started? Well, I did say a lot of prayers in church. Oh, the worst was Brother Jackie used to—if you were coming back to visit, he would always—he would—he would be looking around. They would call on somebody to end the service. Oh, and I would hear those those fateful words. One of our college students is back this weekend. <laughs> Matt Mosley, would you lead us in prayer? I'd be over there ducking, trying to hide behind my dad. Making sure you we didn't sat get corrupted. Way too, oh, <laughs> we sat way too close up on the right side, up near Tom Anderson, the late, great Tom Anderson. And then I would have to end up praying. I like those more. I mean, I would like to hear a Mormon prayer. Um, I would imagine it's pretty standard. It's yeah, it's not very too similar. much different. Just no Jesus. Yeah. No, I think they... I think Jesus yeah, I don't remember. Involved. It was kind of the, it was yeah. the same thing. It was it wouldn't have yeah. felt any different from. I like a good young. Either. I like a young religion. I like a. Religion. I like an American religion, baby. Well, yeah, I like yeah. one that just kind of comes from the mountains in the 1800s. Yeah, like, hey, a little more relatable. Hey. Yeah, I just that's. I think I could get on board with it. It just oh, it's no, a very recent religion. You and Kevin Reynolds convert together <laughs> at Cubbies. Just, it's just yeah. It's like. My great-grandfather could have started this religion. All right, um, continue, uh, Aaron. Steve Young's did. Three games on the schedule (laughs) (laughs) for Big 12 men's basketball tonight. The early game, West Virginia hosts Central Florida. That's a 6 o'clock tip on ESPN+. 8 o'clock, number 23, Texas Tech hosts TCU on ESPN2. And the big game tonight, Baylor. The number 11 team in the country in Provo to take on number 25 BYU. That's an 8 o'clock tip on ESPN, 730 for the pregame right here on ESPN Central Texas. Yeah. You know, I I was thinking about last night, and I, I wanted to see what, if y'all watched that Iowa State-Houston game. And I, like, I think that guy might be one of the best coaches in the conference. It's obvious he is, uh, T.J. Otzelberger. Otzelberger okay. But, like, I don't really feel like they run an offense. Like, they're very good defensively. Mm-hmm. They've got interesting players. I like that Keyshawn Gilbert, number 10. I like a lot of their players. Um, Tame, Tamir something. Tame and Lipsy, Tame, yeah. Tame I think they Lipsy. leave a lot of it in Lipsy's hands offensively. I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish always. It's well, like last night. Their Ooh. best stuff was literally some dude named Trey King, who to me looks like an NBA guy. I'm like, wait, I don't remember this guy doing anything in that Baylor game. And that dude starts rising and firing from the corner. And I'm just like, and Fran's saying, he doesn't normally shoot the three. He's not a good three-point shooter. It's like every time down the court, this guy <laughs> rises 
and hits a three. Like, I just don't – they don't strike me as, like, a very – They I, like, I don't know how they're 20 and 6. Yeah. I don't know how they're top 10 in the country because they're not – they just don't do anything that excites you at all on offense. But they can win basketball games, man. I guess. And I was watching last night, man. I mean, I was just wa- it was watching a roller derby match and just waiting for a basketball game to break out. Oof, that was <laughs> depending on the eye of the beholder. I mean, ugly or beautiful basketball. <laughs> but I mean, those first ten or twelve minutes, that was in my eyes pretty ugly. I. I generally think the guy who wears the tight, crazy tight golf shirt, who's like a big, obviously a lifter, is is a little bit much. But, but. I, that guy, I, but T.J. Otzelberger seems like kind of a a we humble. Can pull it off, look, what can I say? But he's a good. I think he's a good dude. Seems like it, and yeah. Yet, but it's a weird look that he has. Right. Like, why you do you him, choose you think, yeah. to wear something that tight? If you but if you saw that guy a, in real life, you'd already have a predisposition. Yeah, and, and you I wouldn't have think seen of him, him in nice real life. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like you see that guy on the streets. You're going out for yeah. dinner with your wife tonight, and yeah, a guy yeah, yeah. comes walking out, and he looks like that. Yeah, and you're like that guy's like, uh, a weirdo. Uh, yeah, I don't want to hang out with him. And it's like kind of like meeting somebody named Cameron. You know, it's usually not a good thing. And then you meet me. Your life is enriched forever. I've had other Camerons in my life. Have you? Um, the first Cameron yeah. I could ever really remember was the one in uh, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Great one, That's Cameron like Fry. First, he huh? and I, both big Gordy Howe fans. Yes, he had the jersey on, or sweater, in that in that particular movie. But that, that was really the first Cameron. And then Cameron became a, more, uh, a, a name for girls. And sure. and so I knew a Cameron that we were you know she was great and we and we thought a lot of her and she was a Cameron and she once went out on a date with Tony Romo in fact is that is that real and I was wow. on the date it was a double date with my wife really and wait a Cameron minute and See, and I have to go See, but we need to, we need to hear this mostly yeah. no, I know no, I know you have a relationship he, with Tony think, yeah. but this people is interesting think he name dropped? He doesn't tell three quarters of his meetings with Honestly. famous people. And you know what this is reminding me of, Aaron? I'm not joking at all. You know what this jo- this uh, this date is making me think of? I think Matt Mosley is something of a father figure to Tony Romo. No, he's more big brother. <laughs> I think, I think more big brother, he's like, I want, I, I, I'm thing. just seeing this girl. I want mm. Mosley's approval here. I want Mosley. No, I want Mosley to pull me to the side while the ladies with, are in the bathroom and say, was, "This is a good. This is a good one, Tony." It was our pastor's daughter, and we set him up with her. And I was later scolded. She was leaving what? for Italy. It, she was leaving for Italy the next day, and <laughs> I was later scolded because I, I talked. I know this will shock you. I talked too much at the dinner and didn't let. I them can't talk. believe that. <laughs> I can't wait a minute. But we went to Patrizio's. <laughs> But yeah, before Tony was Tony, I mean, I never thought he was going to get to play. But but I mean, still, this so, this think of this luck. This guy, this pastor, who's probably a Cowboys fan, right? And he's like, yeah. you know, he's got this nice young daughter, and yeah, very cute. Matt's like, you know, yeah. I know a guy. Oh, what does he do? Lawyer? Going to you know, going to med school? 
Oh no, he's the he's a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. You interested? Uh-huh. I mean, imagine yeah. the luck. But uh, he was so bad at dating back then. Like my friend Stan, and I got my friend out. Jessica, and she went out with him, and we would we set that we, up. Like yeah, Stan would Stan could go over and pick up anybody, and Tony had this horrible leather jacket. This is nice. pre Tony. Oh, this, this is before great. Tony became Tony, and he wouldn't. He had no game. And we finally told him, like, <laughs> you need to tell them that you play quarterback for the Cowboys. Like, you, you have you to mention lead that. With that. You, yeah, I was about to say, yes. you don't yeah. need game. That's, but, you like, don't even say, say your that. name. Just no. say that. Just, yes. Bring a football card so with you. <laughs> weird for me to watch him transition to almost overnight dating Carrie Underwood and Jessica Simpson. That's great. Because he had, he had zero game. And when's he coming on the show? He used to come on with me a lot, and I, I was know, at his I wedding. That. But uh, yeah, I let's say uh, what, I what's going to be. This is why I'm going to invite of, you to my wedding someday, just I to have that overlap. I overcompensated I was a little bit rough on him. <laughs> after yeah, like but friends do. <laughs> I, I know, but I kind of yeah, I may have been a little bit over the top when I was writing at ESPN, and yeah, it kind of hurt our hurt our relationship a bit. But uh, we still talk occasionally. Um, okay, Cam, get going, buddy. Thanks. Get going. Have a have a very safe trip, and then we'll be in touch with you. Good show today, and we'll uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Thanks, boss. There he goes, Cam Stewart, with us three to five on the Matt Mosley show. Aaron and I will continue on. Aaron, if you have any more college, we totally get back into it. But uh, and then kind of exciting. Scott Drew, you'll get to hear from Scott here in a little bit, leading into tonight's game. Uh, And, of course, you'll hear the pregame at 7.30, tip at 8, right here on ESPN Central Texas. All of that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Hey, folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. It's back, folks. 1.9% for 72 months on every 2024 Silverado Light Duty. With the largest selection of new and pre-owned inventory, couple that with the number one rated service department in the state, the choice is clear. The Jim Turner Chevrolet is the place to go for all your automotive needs. So take that short drive to McGregor and give us an opportunity to earn your business with honesty and transparency. So give us a call, 840-3261. And remember, folks, we're just a heartbeat away in McGregor. We treat you like family. Buying new roads. When it's more than just your lawn, it deserves the Kubota Z400. Get a head-turning offer on class-leading speed, agility, simple deck height adjustments, and a quality cut. When you need comfort and performance, then you need the professional-grade Kubota Z400. Right now, get the Kubota Z400 mower for zero down, 0% APR for 48 months, or save $300. Now through March 31st. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. WC Tractor, now with seven convenient locations to serve you. Find us at WCTractor.com. Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have Earthmine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab-grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. 
No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by Diamori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. Diamori Fine Jewelers at diamorifinejewelers.com. The Loop 340 Overhead Door Family welcomes back Dale Strickland. Dale has 50 years experience. They offer residential and commercial garage door sales and service, including new installations with convenient 24-hour service, locally owned and operated for over 25 years. Please call today for all your garage door needs. Loop 340 Overhead Door, 254-662-0220. 817 South Loop 340, Waco, a mile from the Brazos River. Your home for the world champion Texas Rangers, ESPN, Central Texas. Steve Myatt, a Steeple Financial Advisor, is a proud supporter of the Baylor Bears. Since 1890, Steeple Financial Advisors like Steve Myatt have guided investors seeking to build wealth for future generations. Call Steve Myatt at 254-399-7450 to schedule an appointment or stop by Steeple Waco office located at 1200 West Highway 6, Steeple, Nicholas and Company Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSC. How do you measure the human spirit? In pounds? In milliliters? In the distance traveled between yesterday and today? Or maybe there's no way to measure the human spirit because as you remind us every day, it simply has no limit. Learn more about how we care for your whole body, mind, and spirit at adventhealth.com. Did you know that a male ostrich can roar like a lion? Did you know that in Japan, you can buy watermelons shaped like pyramids? Or that ketchup was originally sold as a medicine? Hi there, this is the Foundation Doctor. I bet something else you didn't know is that foundation movement can often be stopped by injecting soil stabilizer into the soil around your home. It's true. At the Foundation Doctor, we have our own proprietary solution called Stable Soil. Stable Soil is a quick, inexpensive application that stabilizes the soil under your home. It's fast-acting, long-lasting, and puts a stop to those pesky cracks and sticking doors. Only the Foundation Doctor offers this revolutionary product. So give the doctor a call of the day at 863-8800 or look us up on the web at INeedTheDoctor.com. So for doors that are sticking and cracks in your walls, the Foundation Doctor will make a house call. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Barnett Contracting, City Ranch Boot Company, Coriel Health, Element Waco Hotel, Hellberg Barbecue, Jim Turner Chevrolet, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, The Brazos Landing, Witt Building Supplies, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. All right, it is Mosley. Scott Drew coming up here in just a little bit. To get ready for Baylor and BYU, religious, just a religious battle will break out in uh, Provo. Bears have been there for a while. I mean, they flew at a four-hour flight, 
And uh, this is a tough road trip. You go to Morgantown, that's not an easy place to get into at all. And you got to get out of Morgantown. You go four hours out to Provo. Uh, this will be an interesting matchup. Now, to the point, Aaron, and we'll hear more from Scott, but I saw this in a story written by – sorry, I think I've got the hiccups all of a sudden. Um, this is Foster Nicholas. Aaron, didn't we just hear his name recently? He must be doing some Baylor softball. I like this young man, Foster Nicholas. He's out there getting it done. He, he was quoting Scott. This is on Bears Illustrated. And it says, BYU analytically has been a juggernaut. They top the country in a lot of uh, categories on the offensive end. Now, what interests me is something Scott talked about. And he'll talk to us about it coming up here in a few minutes. But he said, BYU's bigs offer, really, three different types of scouting reports. This is kind of what we brought up with Kevin Reynolds earlier, Aaron. One's really athletic, a great rim runner, finish. Another one's a really skilled one-on-one post player. That's at Triore. And then another one's a really skilled perimeter big. So this is weird. I mean, they, they kind of morph into different teams when they go with these guys. None are dominant. None are dominant. None of them are dominant, or they would be out there more than they are. He says, so depending on which one they have in, what offensive sets they run most at the end of the day, all of them are very productive. Now, I mean, it, it says the Bears will roll through the rotation – and without an update on redshirt sophomore Langston Love, he says. Well, we, we're going to talk to Scott about that. And uh, I think Langston's getting close. I, I First of all, have you noticed Scott's going with day-to-day now? That's what he told us, Aaron. And that's better than saying game time. Game time. And, boy, all these coaches, they do not like to share any stuff. Mad as Scott has ever been at me is during COVID, my enterprising self, I find out, like, how many of the starters have COVID? Who's out? Who's in? And I just tweet it out. In my mind, I'm like, that's an interesting story. And, boy, Scott was not pleased with that. That hurts us. That hurts us, Matt. Well, I'm not – I don't think of things like that. I'm thinking – Hey, if I've got news, I want to get it out there. I'm not thinking like, oh, my gosh, this could this could hurt the Bears as they get ready to face so-and-so. But anyway, um, this is going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Uh, Aaron, there's a player for BYU named Jackson Robinson. Spells his name J-A-X-S-O-N. Some Jacksons go that way. Um he is he he's the one guy that can beat you off the dribble and he's got he's got you know he's got some athleticism to him the rest of them hey they're athletic enough but they are three point shooters Aaron what would Rick Patino say about them he would say they have no lateral quickness oh and Patino's out there today you know the St. <laughs> John's I... coach saying 
saying, oh, I didn't mean anything by it. You know, I, After- I don't even know what you guys stood by, what he said. I mean, completely threw his team under the bus. You know, the coach of BYU and the coach of Baylor would never in a million years do something like that. And here he is at St. John's for the first time, um, and, and just he just comes out and, and throws his own team under the bus. And he said, he was quoted saying, this is Rick Pitino, one of the most famous college coaches ever. And, and one of the greatest coaches ever. Love him or hate him, he's a great coach. And he said, and I quote Aaron, he said, this is the most unenjoyable season I've ever had. Like, what a jerk. What a jerk. I mean, it's his first season with this team, with whoever he brought in. Hey, you brought them in. You've got these guys in the portal. Go <laughs> I was coach. thinking the same thing. Like, And then say that what he said today was just, the the ultimate after calling out players by name, then mm-hmm. acting like he say, oh I didn't really say anything. Okay. Here's his here's his quote, Aaron. He said, uh, "Um, our literal quickness, our little quickness, and our toughness is just something I've never witnessed in all my years of coaching. We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling." Then speaking to Newsday on Monday, he insisted. He, quote, truly wasn't ripping anybody. He said, I was pointing out exactly um, in a monotone voice why we lost. I am not always calm, and certainly not when I rip someone. I was not ripping anybody. So, Aaron, if we hear him in a monotone voice, Aaron, if you ever hear me go into it like a real monotone type voice, then, you, you know, then, then don't hold me accountable for You're anything good. I say. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I sometimes want my players to hear my words and read my words. That was my intention Sunday. Boy, that, that's an uplifting thing. That must be great for them to hear how unathletic they are, how unenjoyable uh, this season has been for him. And, uh, I mean, it, it is – Patino says Monday also, I was asked the question, why do you blow second-half leads? And I can tell you sometimes it's missed free throws at the end of the game and opponents make free throws. Sometimes it's turnover. Sometimes it's bad shot selection. It's not the same reason every time. Um, and then he went on to say the thing about the laterally. They don't move well laterally. He also told Newsday he didn't think he needed to clarify any of his comments, noting, I'm fine with what I said. What a jerk. I mean, I, 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 that's one thing you kind of have to like about the Big 12, just a lack of jerks. Aaron, what's the, who's the closest Big 12 basketball coach to a jerk? I, I, I would say Bill Self is capable of being cocky and kind of being a little um, uh, sarcastic and all of that. But I don't think he's a total jerk. Has it, does he cheat? Sure. Is he a jerk? I don't think so. I, in fact, I really like hearing him after games. I think he's very complimentary of the other team. I think when he's at Baylor, because he went to Oklahoma State, and so he know, and he knows that uh, Brad and Linda Livingstone, President Livingstone, went to Oklahoma State, 
And so he always, you know, makes light of that and says hi to them. He's kind of a – I kind of like him. Who else, Aaron? Who would be – I would say Kelvin Sampson does not suffer fools. Like if he gets a question he doesn't like, which recently was basically, <laughs> you know, what got you kicked out or something like that, right. he'll go at the reporter and say, hey, I think that's a silly question or something like that. He would be, in a post-game setting, he would be the one, like, again, I, I wouldn't hesitate to ask him a question, but he would be the one, I think, he himself, that might come back at you as a reporter. Everybody else is kind of like, Otzelberger's incredibly nice, Mosier's very nice. Like, all these guys are very nice. Scott Drew's the nice. Scott's gotten... Now, Scott will be mad after a loss, but he's never going to rip into a reporter, anything like that. I don't know. But nobody, there's nobody in the Big 12 that would say anything close to what Patino did. I mean, Patino really, really looks bad. And then, uh, Aaron, we had like a fight. Did you see this in, in uh, college basketball? I did. It bro- terrible. Whoa. It broke out after the handshake line after Texas A&M Commerce beat Incarnate Word. Aaron, I, the way I saw it, like they kind of went through the line, no big deal, and then somebody went running back over there. I, I did you Did you ever look at that closely enough to find out who was the instigator in all that? No, I couldn't tell. You it know, was it happened mess. in the in the uh, in the handshake line, and yeah. I, I, but I, I thought I, they kind of got through the line and were okay. And what an ugly scene! I mean, it makes the Southland Conference look bad. Um, I mean, again, these are bad teams too. Eight and eighteen for one of them. Ten and seventeen the other team. These are bad teams, and and they acted like, boy, somebody got in a fight the other day at the NBA, and he's had, um, he's had like assault charges against him filed. Um, who was that, Aaron? One, it was a player for, golly, was, was it a player from the Warriors that got? Maybe the player from the Warriors is the one who got hit. I can't remember. And somebody in the tunnel. The, the dude just clocks an, another NBA player. And now there are assault charges that have been uh, that have been fine. Aaron, I could not believe when you told me a minute ago that the Bears are underdogs by four. I do not bet on basketball. I really don't bet on anything anymore. But if I could get if I could take Baylor to cover, I would. I really would right now. I I I like I like the way they're playing. I like the way I think the defense is going to travel. And I think for BYU to shoot you out of a game, they got to be on. This can't be like, oh, they hit – they were able to hit 38% of their threes. Oh, they were able to hit 40%. No, they got to be way on because Baylor gets to the line better. They If as long as they hit their free throws – and as long as they rebound, I don't think BYU can keep the Bears off the board tonight. That is my key to winning this game. 
second-chance points. If you outscore them in second-chance point, chance points and you can get on them because I assure you Baylor will have more athleticism than these guys. All right? So, uh, but anyway, let's find out more from Scott Drew um, and, and a little bit more of that conversation we had with Scott yesterday we want to share with you as we prepare for the Bears and the Cougars pregame 730 right here on ESPN Central Texas. This is ESPN Central Texas. It's 930 on a Saturday night. You're at the ball. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. Well, to open up with, I want to thank uh, uh, Mosley for helping our guys with their turnovers tonight. Oh, yeah, it is Scott Drew and uh, from Provo. Scott, I hope you're hanging in there. The altitude, you guys are getting acclimated. You've got plenty of oxygen. How are things uh, going? This is an interesting little road trip. And uh, tonight you can just kind of watch some fun Big 12 basketball. And then as you prepare for that uh, game against BYU, this is, uh, this is an exciting time of the season. Well, it's, it's uh, that time where we're getting close to March Madness and uh, conference races are, are heating up. Uh, every game uh, um, seems like it's more important than the last one. Uh, so we are excited that we are in Provo. I had a good practice today uh, looking out the uh, hotel window. you got beautiful mountains right here. I'm sure you'd be hiking up them, but uh, uh, so far, so good. Yeah, you have me mixed up with John Werner. He's turned into a big-time hiker, especially in this retirement. But uh, uh, you're an outdoorsman. I bet there's some decent – have you ever done ice fishing, by the way? I know this is you're in the middle of the season, so it's hard to work in much fishing. Have you, have you gone out there on the ice before? Because that, that kind of fascinates me. Yeah, I, I, I have when I was when, when I was a, a teenager, and I definitely uh, enjoy fishing uh, uh, in the Texas weather a lot, a lot better and a lot more. So, um, uh, actually, the weather's uh, gorgeous right here. That's probably in the uh, 60s, so 50s. Doesn't feel oh, bad wow. at all. And uh, uh, most importantly, in the Marriott Center, it's 72 and sunny, <laughs> so we'll be good to go tomorrow. All right, and Scott, before we jump into this, who is your favorite president? This is President's Day. I know you got your head down. It's hard to know what holidays are which. This is President's Day. Uh, who's the? Uh, who have you always said when asked, who's your favorite president? What's the, what's the first name that comes to mind? Probably goes back to the history lesson and what uh, Abraham Lincoln did for our country. Uh, it's hard to beat, so um, probably most appreciative of him. Okay, I like that. I think that's a good answer. Um, Langston Love, I'm appreciative of him. Uh, I heard my sources told me he was very close the other day. Like he was, he was all working out. He was ready, and then right before game time, it's kind of like, well, he's not going to go. Um, can you right here live on the Mosley Show share with us that he will be making his return? Because uh, I, I mean, it. You know, y'all played great without him. But you, you're always better with him. Where, where are we on Langston? Yeah, I think uh, it's probably the same as it, as it, as it was uh, before our last game, and that's day-to-day. So he's getting closer. Um, each, each day it seems like he can do more. 
and uh, um, really it'll probably be right up to game time till I know. So uh, I'd love to tell you he's a definite go. Um, I'd love to told you he was going to play against West Virginia, but uh, Langston's a tough kid, and if he can go, he's going to go, and him and Dave will make that decision. Uh, you're 100% right. Um, we've, we've, we've been able to hold the fort down without him, but we're a much better team with him, and uh, we know that. All right, and Jaden Nunn, newcomer of the uh, the week, uh, player of the week. I mean, that basically never happens in the Big Twelve, and and that's that's a pretty cool deal. Forty seven points. Um, I mean, did you see a lot of this scoring upside? I remember when y'all brought him in; he was about ten points a game from VCU. He was hailed as a great defensive player, but man, this has been. Uh, this has been fun to watch, and and he's on a heater right now. And I'm sure you don't, you know, you want to keep riding that. Yeah, we're hoping that heater definitely continues. Uh, I think uh, he deserves a lot of credit for working on his game, um, first and foremost. But second of all, I think uh, uh, he's really um, done a good job listening uh, to what the staff and the team need from him. And uh, his shot selection has been outstanding. Um, and and the 47 points is, is great, but the efficiency is what uh, makes that special. And, and um, as long as he keeps uh, uh, playing to his strengths, like any player, uh, when you can when you can play to your strengths and not uh, your weaknesses, uh, it just helps the team that much more. And in one possession games, uh, that's so critical that everybody's doing what they do best. Scott Drew on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Go ahead, Cam Stewart. Scott, Cam Stewart here. Great to talk with you. Um, Matt actually brought up a great question in the last segment, so I'm going to steal it from him before he has the chance to to ask it. We see <laughs> so many teams. I know you steal a lot of Matt's work, too, with the turnovers thing. Um, so we see a lot of teams really struggle on the road in this conference. And you've mentioned it for years, how it, it's the toughest conference in America, obviously, toughest one to win on the road. So, what makes a good road basketball team? Like, what are the things that you look for, the qualities in your team that you look for that help you guys win on the road? Yeah, it's that's a great question. Um, first and foremost, uh, uh, we've been one of the most successful teams, us in uh, Kansas probably, uh, and I don't know who's one or two in the last five years, ten years, three years. Um, I, I know we'd probably be first in the last five years, and, uh, the last 10 years, I don't know if we'd be first or second, but uh, definitely uh, experience helps on the road. And when you have guys that are juniors and seniors and people that have been there, done that, they don't get as rattled as somebody in their first time in the oven. So, uh, uh, I mean, that that's why I think uh, uh, even this year uh, more than most, because so many teams are going through so much transition what happens is when you got uh, um, seven, eight new guys on a team, even though people have played uh, at other places in college, they haven't played in the Big 12 and they haven't played on the road in the in the Big 12. So uh, I remember Roy Williams said, when I first got to Baylor, it's the toughest league to win on the road. And a lot of it goes to, uh, um, it's always had talented co- uh, uh, players, great uh, uh uh, fan support and coaches, and but at the at the end of the day, um, 
uh, I, I think we have uh, we don't have NBA arenas. We have basketball arenas, and I think they're they're loud and the, the crowd. Uh, they always do play a, a part in a game, and the 13 people on the floor uh, can get affected by uh, a great crowd. Your bench helps too, though. You know the way y'all kind of track that. It it does seem like the coaches, the bench, and everything, and they get so fired up that I think your team kind of feeds off of that. And I've always thought that was interesting that y'all kind of measure that, especially when you go on the road. Seems like defensive teams are great on the road. If you're really good at defense, it's been interesting to watch. Y'all go from the zone. You go to man. Uh, Oklahoma was really hurt by your zone. And, 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 you know, Coach Moser said, I did not expect them to do that as much as they did. He admitted that. And a lot of times coaches won't yeah. admit that. They don't love admitting that. Yeah. How do you kind of game to game? I mean, is it just a feel kind of early in the game? Or is it just, you, you know, you watch all your film and you're like, I think yeah. this is going to be much more effective against this team. How do you kind of make that call? Uh, I think all the above. It's like a pitcher going into a game. Baseball season just started. Um, your fastball's your best pitch. That, that's our man-to-man. Um, from there, you got your breaking ball. And some hitters they struggle with the with the curve more than others. And uh, some days your uh, fastball's just not working. And I think that's that's the biggest thing is just to have uh, options. And uh, I mean, just like any scouting report, you go in and you're like this could work more against this team than that team, but you never really know till you get in the heat of the moment and then uh, see how things are going. And uh, if people are on a roll in man, it's great to have zone and vice versa. So uh, I think uh, 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 just having that option and as coaches, you, you always have different defenses and whatnot, but uh, if you don't, if you haven't practiced them, um, it's hard to really put your guys in that position in a game and, uh, our staff did a good job practicing zone enough that this time of year we felt comfortable in using it in a game, and our guys have done a great job with that. Obviously, in, in, Coach, defense will be a big part of this game. Tomorrow night against BYU, they're still averaging over 80 points a game, and you called them last week kind of the analytical darling. They they play the numbers, and they, they play them really well. So, what kind of threat does that pose when there's just so many shooters on the floor? Well, I, it, that, that's where you, you mentioned about you got to have a good defense to win on the road. And part of that is because if you're not getting stops and people are scoring at home, the crowd's really involved. And that means they're probably more energized on the defensive end and probably affecting everybody on the court more. So uh, it's great on the road to be able to get stops. That keeps the crowd out of it. Um, obviously if you get stops, you have a better chance to get an easy bucket on the other end in transition. And then last with that, um, with teams that have a lot of weapons, people can score in a variety of ways. Um, they're going to score. Uh, you just got to make it as tough as possible on them so that, uh, uh, two for five, two for six, two for seven from three is a lot different than four for four from three. All right. Have you found anything? What do you? What do you? Uh, in Provo, can you get out? They're big on ice cream, not huge on caffeine. You're not a guy that would be looking for alcohol, but there certainly aren't a lot of opportunities for that. Uh, what do you? What do you kind of? What's the Provo? What do they? What do they know? Have you ever I'm, tried I'm the Cougar Tail? Yeah. Go ahead. You know, I have not tried the Cougar Tail, and I would like to try that. 
uh, yeah. at some point. But but Caleb Lohner picked out a, a lunch spot. It was mm. it's called Cubby's, and it, it it's one of the best sandwiches I've ever had. We got to get that thing in Waco. It's amazing. So you can go with chicken, you can have a hamburger, you can have steak, you know, barbecue. But it was it was a it was a great lunch spot today. Uh, we're at the hotel, and there's a there's a Starbucks. So uh, yeah. as long as I'm getting my coffee, staying uh, 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 energetic and ready to go, we all got a great night's sleep last night, and that was really critical because uh, one thing, it's hard to sleep after wins or losses this time of year because you're either too mad or you're too happy, and uh, neither bode well for sleeping. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's a, what's a perfect Scott Drew sandwich there at Cubby's? What'd you go with? That's that's very interesting. I I'd not thought well, of Provo. I went with the chicken yeah. sandwich. But okay. it was so good, then I had to have the hamburger as well because they said that was even better. So uh, uh, I'll be full the rest of the night. <laughs> Scott, you're a pretty thin guy. Nice. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you the how your true diet. Scott likes to yeah. eat. All right, Scott likes to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and he's on vacation, Matt. You yeah. know, he's away from home. Let him go. That, yeah, that, anything but a vacation. But uh, yeah. <laughs> This Jacoby Walter, uh, I mean, I loved, and I know you guys did too, seeing him be that aggressive in that game. And, and again, he's a great teammate. He's not some kind of superstar hunting his shot all the time. And I, that's what got me wondering, did you, before that last game, almost encourage him, hey, it's okay to be a little more aggressive and look for your shot? Because he, he fired off 17 shots, and he scores 23 points. And he just seemed to really be looking for his shot more, and obviously he was successful. Was that a conversation you had with Jacoby going into that particular game? Every game we've wanted him to be aggressive offensively. I think uh, mm-hmm. what makes him uh, uh, such a uh, uh, a great player is that he's a great teammate, and he takes what the defense gives him. And uh, he's done a great job with shot selection this year. Uh, he, he he wants to take high percentage shots. He doesn't. Uh, wanna, uh, he wants what's best for the team. And because uh, he got off to such a great start early in the season, I mean, he became a marked man where every defense uh, uh, would put two on him and make sure that he didn't get any good looks. And instead of him being consumed with, I got to score this or get this many shot attempts, he's just been concerned with winning. And that's what you want from any great teammate. So uh, some nights the defense gives him more, some nights they take away more. But the better the team plays around him. And that's why six guys in double figures in conference is so critical because if you got six guys, it's a lot harder to stop than if you got one or two. Scott, I wanted to ask you about another player and one with some more experience, and that's Jalen Bridges. Uh, In this first matchup against BYU, he went off for 25, which we all know he's capable of, but I think it's only one of two 20-point games he's had this year. Uh, But he just seems to, we, we use the term in soccer, he didn't put a foot wrong. And it feels like he's been that way all year, just consistently good, doing the things that helps out the team without making big headlines. What kind of impact has, has Bridges had for you guys this year? And is it what you expected when he announced that he was coming back? Well, I think uh, 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 his, his uh, uh, offensive efficiency numbers uh, have been off the charts. He, he doesn't turn it over. Um, he makes free throws. Uh, he rebounds. His shooting percentages are good, um, but he, he's another player that uh, cares about winning, and if he scores six points and the team wins, he's happy. Um, at the same time, I think we've wanted him to be a, more aggressive as well all year because 
uh, he, he, he has done a good job putting it down and getting to the paint and creating shots for his teammates and getting to the free throw line. And the more he does that, the better for us, just because normally when he does, he's, he, he doesn't turn it over and, and usually it bowls well for the Bears. So uh, another person that you're confident when he has the ball. It seemed like the Mountaineers were a little half-hearted this time. They were really rough on him. I thought he handled it beautifully last season. The other night, it was like their heart wasn't quite in it. I mean, I think deep down they probably like him, and they know he's from there. But um, but I always love it because he answers them, doesn't he? I mean, it doesn't. It does not. I don't know how that couldn't have impacted you the year before, but it did not yeah. seem like the same level of booing at least from watching it on tv do you agree with that assessment yes and 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 uh um i I think i think fans booing is uh that's that's there's nothing wrong with that i think um uh the stuff they did on top of the booing and uh the four-letter words from a year ago they they stayed away from and i was appreciative of that because uh he is he is from there and i've had a lot of family members and um and that I thought they were I thought they were they definitely booed him but they were a lot more respectful for him and um that that that's great as a coach you want you don't want anybody to um and their family members to uh hear some of the things that we heard a year ago there you would never hear that in the bear pit would you uh we have nothing but the classiest fans so <laughs> booing is great f bombs we're going to stay away from all right <laughs> <laughs> did um, did you get to watch any of the uh, the Brittany Griner? Um, I'm sure you saw that on social media and everything. And I'm just kind of curious, like, what you remember. I mean, y'all would be obviously sharing a gym and practice facilities and all that. What was uh, what was it like being around Brittany all those years ago, and then kind of watching the the impact she had at Baylor? And what was your thought on? Uh, seeing her jersey uh, finally retired all these years later. Well, I thought I thought Baylor did an outstanding job from Mac Rhodes, President Livingstone, uh, their comments on social media, and Nikki uh, uh, and her staff did a great job. And uh, I think uh, BG was moved, and you could see how emotional and how happy she was. And uh, she, she, to me, she's never changed. She's always been uh, a kid at heart, fun-loving, um, obviously a game changer, talent-wise. Um, but I mean, uh, from her freshman year when she arrived in uh, the Ferrell Center, you uh, passed her in the hallway. She'd always smile. She'd always say hello. She's always been energetic. Um, she's uh, uh, been somebody that uh, smiles a lot. Um, so she's done a she's done a great job in uh, always being a, uh, a good role model for the Baylor fans. She'd always take time, sign autographs, and whatnot. She supported Baylor. So uh, really happy for her. And, and, uh, um, nothing's changed. I saw her get out there and dunk, and she still doesn't need to stretch or anything. It's pretty easy for her. <laughs> were, were you are, are you into the uh, dunk contest, the three point contest? The All Star game itself has kind of turned into a nothing, but uh, also it had to be cool to see that rising stars and see boy Jeremy Keontae. I mean, you've had others involved in that over the years. I would think that has to be probably, well, now that I think about it, that had to be the your favorite part of the All-Star weekend is when you see your former players involved. Most definitely. It, uh, uh, you're just proud and happy for their success. Uh, seeing Jeremy at the last uh, home game was awesome uh, and uh, uh, definitely a highlight. And 
I mean, 82 games, those guys are so busy. Um, and then when they finally get a couple days off or a day off, um, sleep, rest, you know, they really rather do that. But the fact that he would drive three hours, come up and see and spend the time uh, with his Baylor family, uh, uh, that's what makes Jeremy such a, uh, an outstanding young man. And uh, obviously Keontae's a little further. He can't, he can't just drive three hours to the Farrell, but uh, um, he's had an unbelievable year, record-setting year. So proud and happy for his success. All right, you may see some Keontae George jerseys as you make your way around the Provo and the greater Salt Lake City area. So that's kind of fun to see. What did he have, 33 and 9 or something the other night? I mean, pretty pretty amazing, especially where, you yeah. know, yeah, just that he's already having People that big really of an impact. really high on him around here, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for <laughs> yeah. sure. Well, hey, thanks, Scott. We, uh, we appreciate it, and uh, I'm glad uh, – we brought Cam on to make those soccer references. I did not exactly know what that was. Uh, say that again, Cam. That's put what I'm your here. Foot. Put, it, didn't, it didn't put a foot wrong. And okay. you usually use it for a guy who's like not scoring goals, but he's doing really yeah. well. And I think that's Jalen Bridges to a T right now. Not okay. scoring 30, but he's hadn't put a foot wrong. Okay. Scott, I thought you'd appreciate that, some of that Premier League talk hey, breaking out. I appreciate it. I, I was waiting for the big goal. <laughs> Scott's All big right. into the title race. Aaron's got Arsenal. I've got Liverpool. Scott's All on right. my side. I know it. <laughs> oh, I think he's got other things to worry about. All right. Well, listen. Have a have a great game, and uh, and then uh, that'll be great to watch some uh, Big Twelve basketball tonight. Really appreciate it, Scott. Thank you. You guys have a great day. Thanks for all that you do. You bet, Scott Drew. On the Matt Mosley Show.